Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 119 with our guest, Chuck Petted. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, so good to have you joining us. Welcome back to our ongoing series. You're following along, right? This is our ongoing eight-part series of our time spent at Podcast Row. Now, this interview not only went well and I greatly enjoyed, but I can say I feel kind of I feel kind of good about things because I'm an angel investor, right? Just being able to say that. Now, maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you don't care about being an investor in a company or even being called an angel investor. I got to qualify this. Usually in times past, when you hear angel investor, right, you think of the big guys with millions of dollars. Certainly by law, that was the deal. But because of a company called Republic, they've changed all that through the help of a new law enacted recently. Here's what I mean. For the first time in history, the majority of the U.S. population can now invest in tech startups. In the past, you needed to make at least $250,000 per year, plus have a million dollars in assets in order to invest in your favorite startup company. But now the playing field is level. Think about this, whether you are somebody who wants to invest as little as $10 or $100 or whatever you feel comfortable with, you can do that and become an angel investor and own a stake in that company. So if and when they go public, et cetera, and make money, it funnels back to you, too. How cool is that? And all this is through the site called Republic. Now, what's exciting is I got to sit down, which you're going to hear the interview, with the head of the crowdfunding portal of Republic. It's Chuck Petted. Going into the day, I had already, a year prior, found that site because a colleague of mine was putting her company 
on that platform and I wanted to support her. So I invested in her company. So I was already so familiar with Republic. I'm a fan. And again, whether you are on the side of interest where you want to invest in some of your favorite companies, there's plenty to to browse and choose from on the site, or you're looking at it from the business owner side and you're thinking, well, yeah, I'd like to put my company up on Republic and get some interest. It's all now possible. Enjoy my interview with our ongoing episodes at Podcast Row. Here's my interview with Chuck Petted. Welcome into the show. I'm sitting here face-to-face, actually. A great opportunity with Chuck Petted from Republic. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I was so excited when I saw your name and your position and the company because um, I'm I'm not only a fan, but I'm a... Um, I'm an investor? That, is, is, is that accurate? That's going to be the best part of my day when I heard that. I love meeting people that have already invested on Republic's platform. Does that, that make that me an investor? Know. You are. You're an angel investor. <laughs> <laughs> and let's qualify. Um, it's triple digits, right? That's what I invested, but that's the point. That's the point. You can do 10 bucks. You can do 100 bucks. You can do 100, 107,000 bucks. Let's let's get the the foundation set here for a minute because I know the term startup is thrown around a lot on your site. What what is that? What defines is is my company a startup? Does it need certain criteria? What's a startup? I think everyone's a startup to be totally honest. Businesses start somewhere and most need capital to grow. So they're looking for investors. And that's where Republic comes into the mix. Okay. So we have this. And now Silicon Valley used to be the place, but no more, right? Since I think it was May 2016, the government uh, came to the table with some act that basically did what? So the Jobs Act 2012 part of the uh, legislation was also Title Three equity, Title Three crowdfunding. That part of the law became effective in May of 2016, and it allows companies to raise capital from anyone, anywhere, regardless of their wealth. So individual investors do not need to be accredited anymore. Uh, previously, you had to make $250,000 a year and have a million dollars in assets to make investments in startups. Uh, with Title Three, that's out the window. So anyone can invest. Um, like I said before, ten bucks, hundred bucks, whatever you whatever you feel comfortable with in startup companies. And how does this kind of thing differ from the business side? How does it differ from, let's say, a Kickstarter? So in a Kickstarter, you're you're you know given a, a reward. It's reward based crowdfunding. If you uh, put money into a Kickstarter campaign, you're likely to get a product. Uh, once they you know, produce that product, they may be using it for like a marketing launch campaign. With equity crowdfunding, you actually own a stake in the company. And if they have success, i.e. they're acquired, they go IPO, uh, anything along the lines of like a distribution to investors, you're also going to receive investment return for your investment. So from the business point of view... I know that there might be some fear, perhaps fear of the unknown, because not every founder is has an has a capital-based mentality. How do you help with all that? So I think you know what's going on today is that founders have more options than ever before to raise capital. And it, previously, it was a lot of just angel investing. You go to friends and family. You may be lucky enough to get money from venture capital. 
Um, what we've built at Republic is another tool for everyone's toolkit. And this allows these founders to go out and raise from everyone in their network and then also stand on the mountaintops and scream as loud as they can so people can understand what it is they've built, what their products and services are, and what the actual investment opportunity is. And then that, those individuals that hear that message are able to make that determination if they want to invest, buy their products or services, or to support it in some other way, which would be basically sharing it with their own network. Um, that is very powerful in the sense that founders were restricted by a lot of regulations where they could not, you know, you could, you know, quote unquote, publicly raise capital, but it had to be with someone that you knew. You couldn't go out and just, you know, do it with random people, but now you can. Uh, it makes a big difference in their lives and also creates a chance for them to validate across the, the, the crowd and it creates a chance for them to also sell a lot of their products. Wow. And I know that a lot of at least founders and companies are that that are in the capital raising mentality. They're lopsided with the um, diversification of their founders. But for some somehow you guys focus and attract the minority. Absolutely. So from day one, one of our core focuses has been to represent the underserved founder. Which is um, whom? That would be uh, female founders, minority founders, people who are often overlooked by basically Silicon Valley. Um, those founders are, they're out there and they're quality founders, they're quality people. They have actual, you know, major investment opportunities, but they're being strictly overlooked because they're female or minority. Uh, we knew that because we'd been in the industry long enough and had seen it, you know, firsthand. And this law really had, you know, it, it, it had a passion to help those founders. So we, we went along with that. And not only have we talked the talk to date, we've walked the walk with 35% of funds raised to date have gone to a company with at least one female founder. 25% of funds raised to date have gone to a company with at least one minority founder. Um, the current pipeline, the current active live campaigns, that's not going to change much. If anything, you know, it'll go up or down 5%. But it's nice that we've actually walked that walk to date. Uh, it also attracts a lot of like-minded investors. So we have somewhere around 30% of our, our investor base, which is 250,000 people, are female investors. Uh, the industry average is closer to 7%. I believe we're at about 8% for minority investors, and that is, that's like 32 times greater than the industry average, which is less than 1%. If somebody's listening and they think, well, yeah, I didn't know that investor money is even available to me, what ducks should they have in their row to get started? I mean, moving past the basic fundamentals like having runway, having a couple milestones taken care of, you have you know, a real business plan. You want to have an, an active and engaged network. You want to have super fans. Um, you don't need to have a million followers on Twitter. You don't need to even have like 10,000 followers on Twitter. You need to have some like super fans, two, three, four, five of those individuals who, who will help spread the word with that like passionate tongue, it'll make a massive difference in your campaign and get people really excited about what they've heard and then they'll actually come in and invest or just buy your product and services, which isn't a bad, bad thing. And like I said, some founders of companies are not, this isn't their strength, but sort of partnering with you, you, Definitely. you, you take us under your wing and say, we got your back. Here's what you need to do. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, We are full service. We're not kind of like, here's the keys to the castle. We'll see you at the end of the day thing. It's, it's, we're there side by side with you throughout the entire process from the first day that you talk to us on the phone to the day that your campaign closes. And even beyond that, we're looking for long-term partners that we, you know, genuinely want to work with, um, that we want to have in our ecosystem going forward. So 
we'll help you make you know your regulatory filing. We'll help you make your deal page where you're communicating to people, maybe most likely for the first time ever. We always want to make sure that you put your best foot forward. You're not going to shoot yourself in the foot, and you're also doing it in like in a, a regulated and compliant way. Um, we are straight arrow shooters on on that whole you know compliance front, and that will eventually that actually helps you a lot because you look very professional when you go about the you know the compliant route. And we, you know, we recognize that and put out the best messages that we can for you along with what you want it to be because it is your company. It's going to be your word. But you know, we're going to help you make sure that you don't fall into any of the typical pit, pitfalls that we've seen. Whether you're looking for capital or not, you always hear that as a founder, as an entrepreneur, it helps to have a mission and to spread that mission. You like to focus on those sorts of companies, right? Yeah, definitely. It, it's, you know... If you're building something just for profit, it's not the you know it's it's attractive. It can be a good investment opportunity. But if you have, um, you know, the ability to also you know make profit, but to give back, if you're doing it for it could be a simple charity, it could be just for even like a, a national movement or along those lines. It tells us that you are, you know, a different type of person, someone that's actually you know going to take this to the next level. Uh, that's the way that I'm looking at it. But the the real benefit is that those things that they're focused on. It, they create impact for them, and that's huge, and that's important for people to you know put their their money behind it. And if you know the reality is, you could find five investment opportunities, and four of them don't do it, and the one that does it, but they're all like equal. You're going to do the one that does it. Tell us one of your favorite success stories from the platform. I would go with Martha Stewart from Made Boss. Uh, so she was very early on in the company. Uh, it was about two and a half years ago, probably three years ago, that I first met her. And she came to us with a with a business plan, um, with a pitch deck, with the general uh, information. But she was a a Latino girl, solo founder from Oakland, California, and she needed help. And myself and a couple other people dedicated the time and helped her, you know, recreate her business plan to make a nice pitch deck to what would eventually be a nice deal page. We helped her, you know, get a few milestones in place so she you know, had something to talk about or something to show potential investors. And then we taught her how to engage her own network. And what happened was is that about 175, it ended up being about 175 individuals from a very Latino um, uh, populated neighborhood in Oakland, California, who supported her. And they, they brought in, you know, say about $50,000 through checks of 25 bucks and 100 bucks and 200 bucks. And from there, it actually, it, there's a multiplier effect because the crowd beyond that would see 100, 150, 175 people who had invested before them. They left very like you know smart comments and comments that were about you know how much they loved not just Martha but the actual product and what she was trying to build, and that garnered more support. Uh, she ended up being on one of our our international television shows. She got even more support from that. And where it actually led was, she ended up talking a engineer at Apple to quit and join her company as a co-founding CTO. So that never would have happened without the crowd. That never would have happened with that Latino community in Oakland, California, supporting the solo Latino female founder. So she was one of, definitely one of our great successes. She didn't raise a million bucks. I think in total, you know, she raised 150, 175K. But that company exists today, and it's actually, you know, it's, it's vibrant. It wouldn't not, would not be without crowdfunding. What, one of the things I'm hearing is social proof in any regard is, is important. important. Absolutely. So it's, it's part of the momentum that you build up during a campaign is getting that social proof. There's a lot of other ways to build up momentum. But for a campaign to be truly successful, to get the most out of it, and I'm not always talking about just dollars raised. 
You got to think about, you know, companies like Farm From a Box uh, in San Francisco, California. They they pre-sold something along the lines of 400 plus of their these were shipping container units that they make into self-sufficient two-acre farming units. And those were going for a minimum of $20,000. So this is real like money coming into the, from the crowd that were buying these things. And that's that's social proof in itself right there. That's the first time. But it's a platform. Like I said, you're yelling from a mountaintop. You get a you know a chance to t- describe your products and services. And um, they hit it out of the park. So you can be validated socially for sure. It's, just, it's definitely a part of the, you know, just one piece of the puzzle, though. What I love about Republic, your company, is that it takes someone like me, and I came across you about two years ago when a colleague was on your platform and I invested and now I'm an an investor. But even besides that, beyond that, I've become, um, I've learned investing basics for my benefit. Um, But on your platform, and I scrolled through and there are so many intriguing companies that for basically any dollar amount you can afford, you can invest. How does the layman investor like myself, somebody who has money, that wants to participate, how in the world do we begin to decide? Is it almost like roulette where we should just put like some money across several or just bet it all on black? So first you need to embrace that you are an angel investor. Um, I think all investors need to embrace that because it's available to you to to make happen. Um, my approach to investing would be that you do it something along the lines of about 20 um, investments over a, a one-year period. Different companies? Different companies. Oh, wow. Uh, I think you need to have, you need, you need to spread the wealth a little bit. You need to, you know, put it into a few here, a few there. You do it over about a 12-month period. You reassess at that point. You decide if, hey, do you want to go back for 20 more? And this can be with something simple like 1000 bucks. You can spread it across 20 companies or it could be $2,000, whatever you're comfortable with. Figure that amount out and then spread it out, spread it out over about 20 companies. Um, invest in companies that you believe in. Invest in the, the future that you want to see tomorrow. And, um, you know, give it time. Be patient. There will be companies that come up on our platform and other platforms you know, consistently. So you'll have all of your options available. Speaking of options available, what, what is the core message that we're delivering here? What, what do you want any founder, any entrepreneur listening? What should their next step forward be? Their next step forward should be understanding that this is all about it sounds a little corny, but I like to call it the new AI. It's the new access and inclusion. And for you as a founder, that means that you can you can be anybody and you can raise capital and you can get to that next level like a Martha Stewart did. Uh, you can use crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, whatever you may like to call it, as a tool in your toolkit that will take you to the next level. Uh, 73% of the campaigns that have run through Republic have gone on to raise institutional venture capital money post-Republic campaign. So you're not going to be like you know shooting yourself in the foot. Forget the stereotypes. Uh, talk to your attorney who may not be fully up to speed on what this actually is. If they have a problem with it, just put them in touch with us. We'll have we have seven attorneys on our team. You know, two of them are highly active securities attorneys. We were past venture capitalists, past angel investors, past founders. We do not let yourself sh- you know let yourself shoot yourself in the foot. So, uh, just I would say, keep it in mind as something that is part of your life cycle. Is there a, a specific mindset that goes along with this that you, one needs? Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to be positive. If you're going to be out there like, you know, exposing yourself to the world, you better have a smile on your face. Um, <laughs> if you don't, you're, you're going to have a rough time. Um, the, you, it's funny. You get a lot of founders who are extremely 
talented and they have a lot going for them. But as soon as you like flip, you know, flip that switch and they're exposed to the world, and I'm not just you know, it could be in our television show, it could be on a radio show, it could be on our, one of our like the podcasts that people are on. Um, it, you can't be embarrassed. You got to be. You, you got to like you know, forget the shame part of it and just go with it. Hmm. I will leave you with this final question, Chuck Pettit. How would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered for someone that pressed, you know, pushed forward a new industry. Three years ago, this wasn't an industry. Uh, we've created a marketplace on both sides of the of the aisle, meaning investors and founders. Uh, we are, you know, breaking barriers in what was previously a world only for the elite, and I want it to be known, or want to, I want to be part of that story. That hey, Chuck Pettit was one of those, one of those groundbreakers that was there to make you know, equity crowdfunding, what it is today, which in the future I see it as being, you know, a major part of the ecosystem, a major part of the investment ecosystem, not just startup investing, but this is going to become an, you know, an everyday part of people's portfolios, whether again, you're, you're worth $10,000, you're worth $100 billion, you're going to have an allocation to startup investing. And it's going to be because of what equity crowdfunding is doing on, at a, you know, on scale. Were you always in this world? So yeah, I've been in investing since the summer of two, 1999 in New York City. I did the classic Wall Street kind of kind of jobs, and then I did hedge funds, and I did grad school, and I did uh, real estate. I actually took the leap of faith from mostly because of the 2008 financial crisis, and I jumped from uh, hedge funds to real estate. But I was still doing angel investing at that time, and that's how I got into. Republic eventually. I was actually, I raised a small like micro VC fund. I knew the uh, individuals at Re- AngelList who were starting Republic before it actually launched. I invested in Republic and then I came on as an advisor and I've stayed. And I've stayed because, and I could have invested in other companies. I could have not gone, gone to Republic or accepted the advisor advisor offer. I did it because I really believed in this. I think it's going to be you know, a very big thing in the future. What do you see your personal strength in this world as? Here you are, you're on a podcast tour, are you the are you the voice? What what is your strength really? So my I mean one of my core strengths is um, you know navigating big names and big egos. Um, I love these two guys, uh, Jason Calacanis and Tim Draper. So uh, if you know those two individuals, they are amazing investors. They have great history. They have uh, great history in Silicon Valley, and they are they're they're you know, two big, powerful individuals to deal with, but I, there's someone that, you know, I actually get along with them. They get along with me. We have a personal relationship. It's, it's you know, very important for me to get to individuals like that who are holding a lot of power and can spread, you know, spread, a word, spread the word in the right way. They could also spread the word in a negative way, but I've been able to make sure they do it in the right way. Are you confident? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I see that. It's necessary in this world? It is. You know, one thing I've, I've been surprised about is that how much Silicon Valley, how much venture capital, how much those two are like Wall Street. Wall Street, I, you know, sorry, there were a bunch of big swinging dicks in that industry. And uh, Silicon Valley venture capital is turning out to be that same, same way to me. Uh, I like to see it be a little bit different. And I think taming, you know, beasts like Calacanis and Draper can, can you know, can make that happen a different way. Is there pushback in what you guys are doing? Absolutely. From who? Absolutely. So uh, 
especially I say the top tier venture capitalists, uh, say the top 10, uh, they are, um, I think, potentially a little bit afraid. They think this is going to be a, you know, a, comp- a competitor to them in the future, if not the very near future. Oh, because they don't have the final and only say, the founder can say, well, founders can pass you. on them. Right, it, it's exactly. much more attractive. It's becoming much more attractive for founders to raise from the crowd than it is to go to a venture capitalist who will be breathing down their neck and making them do things that they may not have wanted to. Like you get a lot of freedom from raising from the crowd. There's going to be 500 people that are supporting you through the crowd also. You can get a thousand people. You can get, you know, we've had people with 2,000 investors come through their, their campaign. And those 2,000 individuals have a lot to offer. And that's not, you know, you have a venture capital fund with even with a platform where they have HR and legal and whatever resources for you, uh, you can get out just as much and more from the crowd. It is republic.co and it is Chuck Pettit, the man. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Had a great time. Likewise. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.